but the, yeah, the two good. things are like uh, Oscar has one of the greatest uh, nicknames ever, the Empress of Tomorrow. Fucking love it. You've got this future Tokyo. She has a future Tokyo type of feel to her character. Blade Runner, like Tokyo in 2035, you know? Yeah. And finally, an Asian superstar that comes out that doesn't have Asian music. After all have... You know, yeah. she, she doesn't have that. Even as early, even as late, the latest as Nakamura. And then metal drums. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's embarrassing. Okay, it's the time, pals. This is Mike underscore. I'm here with Brett the Boardman Baker. And as always, the frequent guest collaborator, Shadow Spartan. Boardman! Hey, hey. Okay, so last we left off, uh, Shadow Spartan moved to Detroit, which is a big step for him. He's been looking for things to do out there and has been trying to figure it out all the way out there. How's that been, man? Well, Michigan is very cold. That is the main thing that I've learned since moving here. Do you have um, why why Michigan? Like, honestly, why why go all the way out to Michigan? Well, I will say number one, affordability. California is just out of control with its pricing, and my wife and I really wanted to move into a like a family home, but in order for that to happen, it would require both of us to be working full time, and mm. we don't want that. So. That was where we started looking out of state, and we picked Michigan. What's the water situation? Because I know, like, in places like Flint and like, uh, there's a you know, like, running water is a is an issue. So, like, how is it in Detroit? Is everything fine in Detroit? Well, so far everything's fine. <laughs> Haven't had any uh, lead in my system from drinking the water. That's good. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's off to a good start. No, no, no bullets or anything. Like you haven't gotten lead the hard way. No, not, not not that kind of lead either. So, so far, so good. But in any case, so Detroit this year, I know it's going to be SummerSlam. So Shadow Spartan is, uh, I want to say you're a lapsed WWE fan, or do you still keep touch? Well, I'm just kind of like on and off. Um, I am subscribed to, uh, what is it, what, what Culture Wrestling. And just every once in a while, I'll watch one of their YouTube videos to stay up to date with what's going on. Oh, with the uh, really big ass host, that dude. I guess yeah. He, <laughs> like, he wrestles still, right? I think so. They, they're they're like, are they a primarily English? Um, British. British. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot. There seems to be that seems they seem to have cornered the market on uh, internet wrestling journalism. You know, it's been it's a lot of UK. Um, 
uh, journalism for. <laughs> yeah, it seems yeah. Like. Uh, if you want to call it that, and learn the loose term would be. Yeah, <laughs> to me, they're they're probably still some of the better ones. There's another guy called Wrestling with Regret who is a. Uh, oh, I like him too. Yeah. yeah, he's a former manager, and to kind of dip into my old wrestling stuff, he manages a wrestler named Levi Shapiro. Levi Shapiro was one of my trainers back when I was training as a wrestler. Oh but dang! It's neat, oh, yeah, wow. It's neat him. So it's it's one of those things where Shapiro um, was a really cool guy, really chill dude. And when I watch him, I forget that he, what his character is supposed to be. So I'm, every time I'm watching him and, you know, have him with his manager and stuff, I'm like, dude, like, you're a chef at a hotel or something. What are you doing? You know, breaking your body down. You should be, you're better than this. But he's, but he's like, fuck, man, like, you also have a job. <laughs> um, but yeah, so but yeah, he's he's really cool. But yeah, what culture for me still is. I like, uh, what's it, uh, John Oliver, he made the joke about, like, you know, wrestling doesn't pay well for most most wrestlers, which is why, you know, you don't know about it. But most of them are uh, have to be plumbers or have to be accountants. <laughs> aside from oh. this, aside from this wrestling plumber and this wrestling accountant, that's right. Right. And this wrestling race car driver, like, oh my god. Uh, me and Mikey would talk about a little bit about what uh, you know with, with Spartan going to SummerSlam. We could talk about a few of the shows because we've been to. A lot of wrestling shows, and we've been oh, to the big gosh. spectacles like SummerSlam. Uh, we've been to Royal Rumbles, and Mikey, Mikey had the pleasure of going to WrestleMania. Uh, but the first one I wanted to bring up was because uh, we were watching, we were texting each other uh, on Saturday with the big uh, paper, the last pay per view before WrestleMania for WWE's Elimination Chamber. Um, and they got this guy, Sami Zayn, uh, who is just is a phenomenal worker. He's been a phenomenal worker for over a decade. And he's been in the WWE for probably like eight or nine years now. But it's just like, you know, WWE just never has been able to get over that. You know, if he doesn't look like Hulk Hogan or John Cena or Roman Reigns, or he doesn't look like a intimidating, buff, chiseled man who can take the ladies and punch the guys, you know, it's like, he's not going to get the, he's not going to get the, you know, but, uh, so Sammy's just kind of, a kind of a goofy French Canadian, you know, he's a Serbian guy, you know, event going on where, uh, the main champion right now is Roman Wayne, Roman, Roman Wayne's. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into the story, but, you know, Emmy was in uh, a faction, a, a group team with Roman Reigns and his family. Roman Reigns is uh, Samoan, so he had his, his cousins in there, and they were in the bloodline, and Sammy was in there. Big schmoz happened. Sammy turned on Roman. It leads to this big championship fight, right? And uh, that's, all, that's all fun and good, and all the action's going down, but in the middle of it, I'm I'm watching this, I'm watching this match, and I'm looking at this ref, and I'm thinking, where do I know him from? And at the same time, I'm I'm looking at this ref, and I'm thinking, that looks so freaking familiar. This kind of older Asian ref, and me and Mikey, uh, a long time ago, decades ago, were at a at an indie show in Pleasant Hill, at a at an uh, abandoned bank. 
They used to do this show. It was the WCWA was the name of this wrestling organization. And uh, so, so in, in the middle, one of the main events was this like fatal four way and uh, a lot of no name guys that we never, never heard from again. But there was this one guy and I, I never forgot it because his name was horrible, but he, I, I couldn't tell if he landed weird on his arm. And um, so the, as the match was concluding, he got out of the ring, he was going to the back. And I remember all these kids were waiting right outside the ring to get autographs. And so every wrestler that acted it was getting autographs. And he was, he kind of was laid on the Asian accent. They go, can we get your autograph? And he was holding his arm, you know, because it, it was most likely a work. I don't think he actually shoot injured it but he went oh no 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 you know like his arm injured <laughs> and i think oh. it was mikey mikey that made the phrase and i've i've remembered forever now he's mikey's like signing arm ruin <laughs> oh. and that's i just think that you know and you have things over the years that you think about that just make you laugh for no just out of nowhere i all the times of my Ever since that happened, I've been having all, you know, just every once in a while, I'll just be in my head nothing. No, no, signing arm ruin. So his name was, uh, his name was, when we saw him, was Bonsai Bruce Bukaki. Wow. To Elimination Chamber this past Saturday. I'm looking at this referee, and Mikey shoots me a text message and says, I'm pretty sure that is Bonsai Bruce Bukaki. And so I'm like, is it? But it's been so long. It's had to have been like at least 16 years. Yeah, and he's an older guy. And I'm looking and he, Mikey goes on the internet really quick and texts and shoots me, sends me a picture of his profile. And they're usually with the wiki profiles that show you all their aliases they've had over the years. Mm -hmm. And it was in fact, Bonsai Bruce Bukaki. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Refereeing the main event at WWE's biggest event next to WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> There's Bonsai Bruce. <laughs> and immediately I said out loud, signing arm, Bruin. <laughs> but counting arm, okay. One, two, three, new champ. <laughs> God, I would... Could you imagine if you're just like shouting that in the crowd and he actually like turns around like, Wait, how does that guy know that? <laughs> oh, yeah. When you go to live shows, they do that. They do interact with the crowd. You know, you just, and mm -hmm. you, you know, they don't catch it on TV. Like, if the ref's outside, and if I were to yell, hey, Bonsai Bruce Bukaki, he would be like, he, you know, he would, inter he probably would interact with me off camera and be like, hey, how did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I saw you, man. <laughs> you know? Oh, man. Uh, man I couldn't. And wrestling. I don't. I know we got wildly off course, but at this yeah, point, I, know. I, I, just, to, I just. I, I'm, I'm having more fun. Oh, yeah, SummerSlam, right? Yeah, SummerSlam. I'm having more fun it's... talking about old school shit, but we're. I'm trying. I want to get Dom up to speed because I, I hope that you do go to SummerSlam. It's going to be in Detroit. Yeah. I and like Brett was saying, you know, we've been to so many shows. Most of them pretty good. There's usually at least one or two really good matches. We Brett and I went to one where it was literally a Raw. This was during the downtime, as as it comes and goes in wrestling. And there's, there maybe there maybe have been three thousand people in a place that fit 
for wrestling probably nine thousand. It was in the Cow Palace. The Cow Palace yeah. is is uh it's famously small. I think it's you know ten thousand people or something. It's a, it's a smaller yeah. venue, you know. Yeah. So and um, half of it was was taped off. Yeah. The non camera side was totally empty. It was like it was just, it felt like it was a a classroom of students that come yeah. to see a wrestling show. It's like we were you watching know? like take a class. In any case, like, though, like like WWE Raw was filmed in front of a live studio audience. Yeah, right. <laughs> like it, it was odd. And when we got there, this again, this is during the downtime. Their big centerpiece of the show was Matt Hardy versus Kane. Oh yeah, they did this whole bit. This this is wrestling in a nutshell. So obviously, Matt Hardy's real brother is Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy had quit and joined TNA. So there's no Jeff Hardy. Instead of dropping this, they decided, well, we're going to have Kane beat up all the Hardy family. So what do they do? Wrestling, being wrestling. Send out all these guys that are stereotypes with the last name Hardy. So they'd be like a midget Hardy and stuff like that. Oh, no, it was, it was atrocious to sit through. So yeah. embarrassing. Oh, and, my God. <laughs> and I remember watching, like, this is why the product sucks. And as, as we're, after all of that bullshit, we get a match. And it's Ric Flair versus Chris Benoit. And in front of almost nobody, they hit the shit out of each other. You want to they, they, oh my they put God. on a WrestleMania match in front of yeah. me, Mikey, and like, you know, a thousand. Ten of our friends maybe. in the Chuck E. Cheese. Seven. Yeah. Seven <laughs> Eleven. And, and it was, and me and him were talking about it for years later. We were like, that's pros. That's Benoit and Flair going, I don't give a shit. Who's out there? I've wrestled in front of ten, two people. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we're gonna go out there now. We're getting the show. Yeah, um, as, as terrible as you know, you know, it is to talk about Benoit for you know what he did later. But it's like he was he was a real you know a wrestler. You know, like you know, it wasn't he wasn't it wasn't a sports entertainer. And it's like uh, when when guys say I don't care if there's seven people or seventy thousand people out there. I'm going out there and I'm going to do the best, best damn match I can put on. Like literally, Benoit and Blair went out there and, and they was, you, they were, looked like they were wrestling like they thought it was freaking, like I said, WrestleMania. Like it was all on the line. That's what it felt like. And we were just like, these guys are fucking nuts. It's just me and Mike. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) If we yelled at them, hey, it's cool. Take it easy. Slow down. I'll never forget watching this going like, okay, I'm not embarrassed that I went to this. Because, you know, and my advice to you as somebody who would likely take their wife, who isn't a wrestling fan, I would skip things like Raw and SmackDown because of the fact that you could be in a stinker. And if you're in a long night, um, I would go to a more quote unquote name show like your SummerSlams, you know, your WrestleManias. Oh, I actually wouldn't even do WrestleMania. The WrestleMania is two days, and if you're with somebody who isn't even a fan, that's a long fucking weekend. But yeah, like a yeah. SummerSlam, totally. Royal Rumble, totally. Because at least Royal Rumble, there's a new person coming in all the time. And, you know, if you're getting bored, somebody new comes out, and if you don't know who they are, they might be dressed in a way, or they usually give you a little bit of shine how to get your character over a minute. And it's it's interesting for somebody who's casual. SummerSlam's like that, too, to me, where there's always that one centerpiece match where no matter what, you're going to get one four or five-star match. You might not know who the fuck it is, but they will get you because it, that's their big summer event. So they'll get okay. You Glad and to I, hear me it. And Mikey, me and Mikey went to a Royal Rumble. We went to 
uh, Royal Rumble 05 or 06. It was the year uh, Batista won it. And uh, there's a lot of great, there was a lot of great moments. You know, I, it was the first time I saw The Undertaker. He's my all-time favorite wrestler. And I fangirled. I didn't fanboy. I fangirled out really hard. You know, <laughs> I was stepped. My panties were in a wad. Heidenreich. And uh, it was a casket match. I'm like, casket I'm going to see The Undertaker in a casket match. A rare-as-hell match, too. That's a rare one. Yeah, that was a good one, too. It was a good match. But anyway, the, the highlight, though, is that it came down to John Cena and Batista as the last two in the Royal Rumble. And both of these guys are just getting their career going. And they're supposed to throw each other out. And I think Batista was supposed to um, go out just a millisecond or John was John Cena was supposed to go out a millisecond before Batista to where you could you could just tell but they accidentally just miraculously they both hit the floor at the same time and they messed up the finish so there was a lot of there's a schmoz just this like all these referees come out and it's a good five six minutes of dead air time on yeah. live pay-per-view these well here I'm, and here I'll throw them out right now and Batista throws John over the ropes, and then uh, John throws Batista over the ropes to the point where a steaming, a hot, steaming man, Vince McMahon, comes racing out of the back, and you can tell he was legit pissed off. Pissed they off. Have this, yeah, this was not this strut fake Vince. This was the, oh shit, we have to, you know what I mean? Like, this, mm-hmm. something fucked up like from our to... seats, you could see how red his face was. He yeah. Was so Because they're sitting out here not they're not figuring it out and they're just it was it was obvious something's got to happen and they couldn't figure out what to do and it's like so he has to finally come out here and like like just start the fucking match over like why do i come out here but he's so mad that he doesn't realize how fast he's moving and and hauling ass and how old he is real realistically and so when he goes to slide into the ring like uh edge or a you know polished wrestler he hits both of his knees on the ring post on the, on the ring and tears both of his quads, right? <laughs> and um, at the time, Mike Mike was like something's wrong. I thought I thought he was kind of being funny. Like I thought he got into the ring and then John and down, Batista right? they, they, yeah. they immediately jumped at him like with a like a wait, this is what happened. It's his fault. It's his fault. And I thought he did a cartoony like fell on the ground like whoa guys whoa. <laughs> but then and but then we see him getting helped back to the well he, first of all he won't get off the ground he's yelling at them while seated and, uh, yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just sitting there with his uh, hands on his hips trying to act not, tough I don't, I, it didn't dawn on me that he tore both quads obviously but I'm like something is fucked up. I don't know. I don't understand what's happening right now. This is wrestling. It's supposed to appeal to the dumbest guy in the room. So I'm looking at him like, what is what is happening with Vince? And like after a while, we're like, oh shit. Why isn't he saying like, having this conversation while he's standing? Oh shit, he can't yeah. stand. <laughs> we, 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 we could tell we yeah. and Vega were talking ourselves through this, being like, oh, okay, that was weird. He just sat down, put his hands on his hips, like he's like he's a kid. Oh wait a minute, Vince isn't getting up. Wouldn't this be more? It's going on oh, and then they start them. They restart the match, and he—they're all helping him to the back. And we're like, "What the fuck happened? How the fuck? Yeah. 
what the fuck happened to him? What did, yeah. what did he do? How did he, what happened? Uh, yeah. you know? How do you tear both quads? Like we found out later, like how do you tear fucking both quads getting into the ring? The irony is, so years ago, they had the Royal Rumble where Brett and Sean do the whole, I'm sorry, Brett and uh, Luger land at the Luger. same time. Land they, at the same time. And that's what and, I thought they were doing. Well, here's you know? the thing though. They fucked up that one. Because I want to say it was like Luger clearly landed first, right? It was like he, oh, they just right. they was right. Take it as you will, because obviously this is all we're just this, these are people telling us as fans what people said backstage. But it's it's the, the they were saying that Vince hated that finish. And he said, "I'm never doing that again." So keep that that in mind. Baker and our our Uber fans were super nerds when they did this. When we thought they were doing the they landed, we actually talked about like I thought Vince was never going to do this again. Hated the way he hated the kind of the booking corner he was now in. They were like, "Oh fuck!" Did they do the thing they said they were never going to do? And of course, the answer was no. Vince really doesn't ever want to do that again. But in the in the irony is, while trying to make close, they actually did land at the same time, which is what they couldn't do correctly at ten years before that. It's just so funny. It's just, <laughs> crazy. It's just how it works. It's just fucking real life is so fucked up like that. They couldn't do it right the kayfabe way. They did it right on accident. I don't, you know. It's yeah, amazing. What a what a killer pay per view that was. So you know, that's up there. And the remember, there was a for, a forgettable triple threat match. We were like totally yeah. forgettable, and it and and it didn't on paper. You're like well, it was Big Show, Kurt Angle, and who was the third? And JBL, and you're like. It's Kurt yeah. Angle. How could this go wrong? You know? Yeah. But maybe Kurt Angle was getting pretty hard on the, you know, the Kurt pain Angle pills thing. That, yeah. The only so. thing, uh, but it, I, that one also, that Rumble also had one of those moments that I'll never forget. Where I, I'm a, a Shawn Michaels fan, not not as huge as a lot of other people, but I like him. And he was there, and he gets eliminated by Edge. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's right. Didn't he have a match with Edge? And then he gets eliminated later. And it was like both things were like, Two of the most like quietly like just you could tell he wasn't feeling it. You know what I mean? Like I don't know what yeah. that was. It just he wasn't feeling the entire day, and I'm just like, that's odd. He isn't Ric Flair, you know? Like he's not. There's something weird. Where I'm like, oh okay. Yeah, HBK's having his little power. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, it was. He was definitely butthurt about something. Something. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, God, and then nuts. Me and me and Mikey have. Me and Mike, you've been doing this long enough to where there's a pay-per-view last Saturday. We're like, hey, Bonsai Bruce Bukaki. I saw him 18 <laughs> years ago at a bank. <laughs> An empty bank. I do miss being young and not knowing that uh, all the matches were already predetermined. Like, I, I really thought that it was, like, real in that sense of, oh, who's really going to win? And then you won't find out until that match. All when you knew it was fake, we recall a moment where like, oh, this isn't real anymore. Well, I just mean back when I was a kid, I I thought it was real. Oh, no, no. I, I mean, we all did it one time, but like, I, mm-hmm. I actually have no memory of ever being like, oh, okay, this is fake and I'm still going to watch it. I, it. It almost felt like yeah. a natural like. Oh, okay. The punches aren't doing any damage to each other. Okay, so the punches. Same with go. same here. Same here. I've I've never. I don't have a conscious moment of going. Yeah, this is fake. 
And I also don't have a conscious memory of knowing it is real. I never thought that that Sergeant Slaughter, you know, dined with Saddam Hussein. Like, even as a young kid, I was like, that's crazy. Like, there's no American dining with Saddam Hussein. He's Hitler. You know, he's basically Hitler. He's not some wrestler corner. There was things that even at my young age, I was like, no, that's too far. You don't, I'm not going to believe that. Hmm. Yeah, like yeah, that's, that's, that's not real. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's certain things where, especially when my brothers were like telling me like, oh no, it's fake. See, like you know that wasn't a real punch or whatever. But then a chair shot to the head. It was like, how do they fake that? They, they don't. don't. That's why. <laughs> like, yeah, they don't. No, that's <laughs> a real chair shot that's to the real, head. That's a real chair. Like I, I remember people at school would be like, oh, you know, it's it's fake metal, and then like you you look at it now and you're like. Oh no, that was never fake metal. They were just hitting each other. Yeah, yeah. we were dumb. <laughs> that, that's that's the the bridge to fandom that we we all cross at a certain yeah. point. It's like, yeah, well, oh, you, and you you decide right there if you're gonna have like, well, you're gonna be like, well, that's kind of lame, or that, they're like, that's kind of ridiculous to you know take that kind of damage, or you're gonna go to the other side of the bridge and go have a lot of respect for these guys for that, you know. <laughs> When I found yeah. out years later, I mean, this is obvious, like, but when I found out that to get color, to get blood, it, they had to blade themselves, I'm like, that's yeah. more amazing than, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's, I you have to take a small piece of razor and scratch your own forehead open to get blood? That's, yeah. that's fucking hardcore to me. Fuck that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, yeah. like, I wouldn't I don't do think it. you could get me to do that ever. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just slice yourself open? Yeah, no, no thanks. Yeah, so stuff like yeah. that, you know. Then of course, or like, I remember Teddy Hart. Uh, Teddy Hart um, is one of the Hart family, you know, and Bret Hart and Owen Hart. Um, just a troubled case from the beginning: mm-hmm. drugs, alcohol, which is so which good, is unfortunate because yeah. he's such a great wrestler. Because yeah, and he's got the blood, you know, the bloodline of the Hearts, and he could have been something great, but he just couldn't get over his problems. And I remember thinking there was a there was a cage match that they did where he went just absolutely nuts. He was just so high on whatever, and he kept climbing the cage and jumping off. And all the other wrestlers kept catching him. And even though they didn't know where he was going to be jumping from, they had to kind of like run around the ring and find him. And um, you know, for all intents and purposes, I'm. Probably Teddy was looking for a place to die, you know, for all we know, trying to jump off and hope nobody catches him. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, like, the other people in this match are putting their own bodies on the line to save Teddy because they're continuously running to catch him as he's jumping off. And he was throwing up on himself. And he, I mean, it's one of the most um, just sad moments in wrestling to watch. Yeah. Watching it live. And, you know, he, he must have jumped off the cage five six times you know so there's you got guys who are like that i don't know if i if i'm in the same position i might the whole old Brady baker might have just been like i ain't catching you like you want to <laughs> yeah by the fourth time you're gonna fall on your fucking down. face yeah right? you're out <laughs> i would have turned around and gone to the locker room just fall on your face right. asshole but anyway Oh, you know me and New Jack would have got along just fine. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> when somebody's messing up, even if they're throwing a punch, 
you protect the business. So like, even if they're throwing it wrong, you take the punch. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. You don't make, oh, yeah. you don't, you don't, you don't give the game up mm -hmm. just because you feel like you're being cheated or someone's doing something wrong. You know what I mean? It's stuff like that. Where like, that's what I have respect for. You know, if like somebody like somebody does something and goes for a slam or goes for something that they're not, you know, they're not, it's, they're not in a position to do that. They haven't earned it, you know, mm -hmm. and you, you do it anyway, because you don't want, you don't want to give up the secrets of the business, you know, and then you get back into the locker room and it's like, don't you ever slam me again. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you ain't earned that boy, you know, like that kind of stuff. So uh, the one I, I want to we should probably wrap up on for me, it's still, in terms of wrestling, so the loudest pop Baker and I have both uh, sat there and been through way louder than WrestleMania. WrestleMania was fun. Um, was when Eddie Guerrero won the championship from Brock Lesnar. That was oh. amazing. Oh. That might have been. It, it was so Vince for years has wanted a Latino champion. Finally got it in a very organic way. It's why it didn't work with uh, Booker Del Rio. You know, it does. It didn't work. It probably won't work with with a lot of other guys. But the crowd has always loved Eddie. Like legit, Eddie is not only high, very popular with Latino population, but he's wrestling in NorCal, lots of Latinos, and oh, yeah. he's about to beat up base, or he's about to win against somebody who essentially, even back then, Brock Lesnar was well protected. He was he was un impervious. He was, he was and, un and and he's also he's Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and you're like Jesus. And they wrestle like, the albino Undertaker calls him the old because he's. He's three hundred and you know twenty pounds, but he moves like he's one hundred and ten pounds. He yeah. can like chase you down. So Under Undertaker calls him the albino gorilla. Yeah, <laughs> I legit. I mean, and what and what we watched was basically a masterclass of psychology, of ring awareness of everything. You know how to build people up. You know, and, and, you know, do the hope spots and like it, we we ate it up. Because in theory, Eddie Guerrero should never have been champion. Eddie Guerrero was told at WCW he's one of the vanilla midgets with Rich Benoit. He's small. You know what I mean? You're never. No one's gonna ever. You're never gonna pass what Kevin Nash calls the airport test, where if you're in an airport, you know you want to be the giant dude, so everybody you know, looks at you and trips out. You're just gonna be a, a blended vanilla guy. And there's Eddie Guerrero finally with a gimmick, where he's a good wrestler who is super um, uh, creative and super and uh, can adapt. And he is, yeah. you know, countering out of stuff, but um, is starting to run out of moves against a, a very aggressive Brock Lesnar. At the very end, he uses the aggressiveness of Lesnar against him. It's fucking yeah. great. The whole a little story. help with a little help from Bill Goldberg. Exactly. You can't you can't <laughs> let Eddie have it on his own, right? But no, it it is what it is, and the crowd was ready to embrace him, and he just you could tell like that was Eddie Guerrero basically flipping off. WCW, you know, everybody who doubted him, like, like you could see the, like, it was real emotion for him. The downside was that moment was so big that it actually kind of was hard for him to handle being a champion because now he is this Latin champion who legitimately is now a hero of <laughs> the Latin American community. And yeah. he was basically like, just, he just know, didn't know how to, to, to process it. Um, but that's something else entirely. That the Eddie Guerrero that we saw that night, though, that was peak Eddie. There's a reason why CM Punk is Eddie Guerrero as the guy who basically taught him how to be a wrestler, you know, in terms yeah. of how to set that match together. So. Yeah, he had that um you can you can see the match too where he said like I was that when CM Punk said oh, I was on the Indies, I thought 
I was becoming a pretty phenomenal wrestler. But I thought I was pretty damn good at what I was doing until I got in the ring with Eddie Guerrero and I realized really quick, really quite quickly that I'm like, oh man, I have a whole lot to learn. Because Eddie out-wrestled me so, so bad. And you can watch that match and you're like, oh man, you can tell that you could just see the skill difference, you know, and it's bad, you know. And CM Punk had to work really hard. You can tell he worked really hard because, you know, wrestling Eddie, you were like, oh man, you can just tell he's miles ahead of you. Miles, you know. Yeah, that, so, so then that, that's that's where I will, why, where I will keep, you kind of leave it off is you always have that chance that you're going to have that kind of lightning the bottle moment where um, even non-fans will lose their shit. You know what I mean? You get in that. The, the mm-hmm. Montreal just had it. Where if you were that in that live crowd, even though Sammy lost, like you're gonna remember that feeling forever. You know, it's it's just amazing. You only get that with the best kind of entertainment. Yeah. Movie. Hmm. You know, um, I have a I have a list of like um, um inversely <laughs> we gotta just touch on uh, years later after Eddie had already passed away, uh, his wife became. A wrestling personality she actually became a heel general manager a bad guy general manager for uh smackdown and so she and she has this real shrill voice and her line is she'd come out with a shrill voice and go excuse me <laughs> and oh god <laughs> I, I remember her i wasn't too i hadn't watched that much smackdown at the time i didn't realize that she had became such a major heel. So when we and Mikey went to this, and that was also at that same Elimination Chamber, we went to that show, I didn't realize how much people hated her. And to this day, when she came out, I have never heard anyone get more of a boo-negative crowd reaction than Vicky Guerrero. To this yeah. day, of all the shows I've been to, and I mean, it was right. definitely forgot how loud that was. And me I and Mikey look- looking at each other like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, because like, you know, Mikey's we're... sitting right next to me, and we we had to yell at each other to go like, "Can you believe how much they're yeah. booing her?" We couldn't <laughs> hear each other. <laughs> like, are we missing out on something? Should we be watching more SmackDown? What the fuck is this? We're just like, it, it was nuts. Um, yeah, yeah was, I've never heard somebody booed so much that I had to yell at the person next to me to hear them. That's how loud they wow. were booing. I, yeah. I couldn't believe it. And that's I, I like, and I thought that's pretty funny that her husband has one of the biggest, loudest cheers I've ever had, and I've ever been in front of, and she has one of the loudest <laughs> boos I've ever. Had. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so make your way to SummerSlam is my my advice. You're, you're not if it's your only live. Would it be your first live show? No, you went to one before, right? For WWE, yeah. If this is your first one, that's a hell of a first one, honestly. Yeah. I would go. I, would go. I, I went to one wrestling show when I was uh, six years old, and I barely remember it. I remember Brett the Hitman Hart coming out and wrestling. I I, I think he wrestled Quake, and I don't remember much. Like, I don't remember much from it. And uh, I remember me and my brother both got hitman glasses. <laughs> that's, all I, that's about as much as I remember. So the first real big wrestling show I went to was when me and Mikey went to. It was the, No Way Out to see Eddie yeah. Guerrero win the championship. And that was like, it, 
one of my favorite moments was we're was walking into the cow palace and we're walking through uh, around in the circle to kind of find our seats and just being able to just as we're walking by the seats like walking by and looking in to see the the ring and i've seen a match going on and i think it was like uh, i can't remember the match that was going on but just seeing a match going on seeing the ring for the first time was like it was a, it was a special feeling you know yeah. what i mean as a wrestling fan i was like, like oh we're actually here like we're actually yeah, here now yeah it's like home second home you know yeah. The same feeling oh, I felt at the every Oracle. time we went, we bigger and I would look at you and like, oh, thank God we're with our people. And then the moment we yeah, we're on we're home, on sacred land, you know. Yeah, and then we would take <laughs> the butt right home with normal people, and we and we would be like, fuck this. <laughs> yes, yes, no, no, that's it, that's it. Remember, we we both showed, we both went with leather jackets, and we both had NWO shirts. Oh God, we're fucking nerds. Yeah. We both had you had a. Uh, white and uh, Hollywood, black and white, and I had. No, the, you had the Hollywood black and white, right? Oh, no, I had it. You had the wolf pack. Yeah, because I had. One the of us had a black and white, the yeah. real one, right? Yeah, so yours, yours had the knockoffs. It was small, you know. It had a real small logo, yeah. and I got, uh, I got actual one color. of the actual ones, and so it's this big. I just that's what I remember. Yeah, had this big logo, but we, but anyway, we both showed up with NWO t-shirts on. And we were we were famous. Remember all the people yeah. that wanted to take pictures with us? Yeah, because they're like, "Oh, look at these NWO shirts." Yeah, and we were like, it, "It was just, it was just like people were so happy to be there, and like it was just like it was like a uh, a Comic Con or something." Yeah, Only to get on the Bart train you know, later. Imagine original Comic Con like, would have been where you're like you were with. Other nerds that understood your language. Only to get back. Only to get back on the on the. Only to get back on the bar train and turn <laughs> magically turn back into doors. Our <laughs> <laughs> jackets. <laughs> oh, Turning our, our our goodie bag inside out so maybe somebody shopping <laughs> somewhere it's, else. Just, you can just feel it. People looking at you going like fucking nerds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> God, I will never forget that. That that's right. That was a fun show. We make it fun. We actually went to. Uh, oh, we'll wrap this up to uh, TNA, which is pretty fun. AEW, I'm not gonna action. have the money for it this year, but AEW might might be a fun one in March. But yeah, it's it, so there's always good stuff. But if 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 I'm you, man, yeah, do SummerSlam first show, go all out. You know what I mean? Buy the merch. You know, I don't know how uh, how far away it actually is for you, yeah. but. At the hotel, it's not, and it's, it's not too far. You know, that's the second best show to WrestleMania. So you know, I mean, you can't yeah. go wrong. You will get so. one amazing match. There's one every fucking year. One incredible one. That's, yeah. that's what I told my wife. I'm like, yeah, this is one of the biggest ones. So yeah, you're, you'll you'll like it. And you never know if you make a, even a quasi fan out of her. It, you know, that'd be cool too. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I did try asking her if, because uh, <clears throat> she's from Colombia, if they have like luchadors. And I think, <laughs> I think she said that they do, but it's not like that big or anything. I would assume because Luchadors is more more of a Mexican thing. Like yeah. I, I would be surprised. Puerto Rico, Mexico. Yeah. Mexico. To me, they would have more of the American style wrestling. Yeah. A lot of those countries will have. You know, they're they're more exposed to WWF. They usually will imitate that, but. 
you never know. I, I yeah. you have no idea. Yeah, much much like anime, the countries involved are you know, always America, America, Mexico. I let me know if you end up going to, to SummerSlam. Like I said I, I recommend. If you do, I, I'd love to have you on and talk about your experience. I'm yeah, I'm sure we'll do a follow up episode. <laughs> uh, have Absolutely. a good night. I know it's hella late for you. Yeah, it's um, a one a.m. now. So. Yeah, I know. I'll see you later. Stop recording.